What's good, everybody, and welcome back to a Tribe Called Bleak podcast. I'm your host, Charles, and this is going to be a solo episode. Uh, but don't worry, my co-host is still with me, Ralph. He'll be appearing on the next episode. But for episode two, for season two, we are going to talk about is Quentin Tarantino a culture vulture or directing icon? Talk about the controversy surrounding Quentin Tarantino films and the success of them from Reservoir Dogs, Django Unchained, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2, From Dust Till Dawn, and Glorious Bastards, Jackie Brown, The Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and Death Proof. Trust me guys, there is no denying to all the bleaks out there that this man has made some outstanding films either you've enjoyed or had some controversy over. So let's go ahead and discuss it on today's episode on A Tribe Called Bleak, and we're just going to get into these topics. Uh, Topic number one, his contribution to black culture or exploit. Um, Now, in my opinion, when it comes to Quentin Tarantino, I think he does have an admiration for certain films of a certain decade that we just do not see today. Uh, One of them being black exploitation films. Um, Now, granted, you know, I'm not condoning the use of the N-word, but those were words, you know, a particular word that was used in certain films to really describe that era of time, um, you know, as harsh as it was and everything. So I would say I see why he would use that um, to really depict that era of films, but I can understand as a bleak that would, you know, possibly be offensive, but let's not get it twisted. We do hear the N-word used quite a bit often in rap videos, music videos, uh, you know, just other shows or various things. I think the controversy comes from him being a white man writing these films and then putting it out there and it's like, okay, it's a white dude who's using this word in his movie, in you know, the movies that he's written with black people, there might be an offense to that. Um, I feel as though Jackie Brown was like a showcase of that. It was very moderate, but the one that really put, you know, let's, let's face it, most black people over the edge was Django Unchained. Um, with that movie, I thought it was excellent, even though it was extremely graphic, but I can understand for younger generations, you know, they're not exposed to the horrific treatment of slaves. And, you know, it's unfortunate that they take this out of American history textbooks, but these are things that, you know, aren't discussed anymore. And one thing that I can say and respect for him for this film was at least showcasing a true uh, graphic, visceral uh, depiction of slavery in American history. You know, some people want to sweep it under the rug and act like it doesn't exist, but we know that is definitely not the case. Um, you know, Django Unchained, the first time I had seen it, um, I was still in the military and it kind of had like, you know, for the young bleaks who probably have never seen a film like this, it had like a Miss Jane Pittman type vibe and like a mix between Mel Brooks. And so I think he definitely captured, um, that antebellum deep South vibe, but you know, Hearing the N-word being tossed around was like, you know, quite often. And the thing is, is that we can't forget that these were slaves. You know, I think a lot of people, 
you know, there was black people boycotting the film, like, oh, I don't want to see this. But at the same time, it's okay with seeing us, like, you know, sell drugs, do harm to each other. But this is right here, like, true American history. And I think that this is something that needs to be explained and showcased in films. Granted, it is graphic, but if they're taking this out of textbooks, in my opinion, I feel like, you know, hey, this is where we're going to have to get some of this stuff, unfortunately. Um, I would say that for Tarantino, uh, I wouldn't say he's a directing genius, but he has a certain perception and a good eye for things that invoke conversation. Very few directors can do that, but I honestly respect that he can bring about a conversation. And for my bleaks out there, you know, I definitely would love to get your opinion on some of the subject matter that Quentin Tarantino has put in films, because it's not just black culture that he's exploited. You know, I would say that he has rubbed some people the wrong way. Um, one of my favorite movies of his was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I know that was his last film. Not everybody was too fond of that one. But I did like his depiction of Hollywood in the 60s because I do kind of like that retro era of things. But, you know, I know a person who was extremely offended um, was the Lee family. You know, Bruce Lee's daughter was very offended about the depiction of him uh, in that movie and wanted to sue. And so I could definitely see where that can be, you know, a big issue, a big problem, you know, where people are just not feeling that. And I get that, you know, because... No one wants to have their family disrespected or a legacy that they've left. But nonetheless, it invokes conversation. You know what I mean? I feel like Tarantino pushes that envelope that where, you know, some directors will not do that. And so I have to respect them for that. You know, so I would definitely love to have your opinion again. So, you know, for my bleaks out there, hey, email me, give your opinion on this subject, because I know this is a little different. But I definitely wanted to cover this. And I do have a trivia question for the, you know, the audience out there from Obliques. You know, first trivia question is, which Quentin Tarantino film revived John Travolta's career? I've already had the answer in the description. So, but hey, I would definitely like to hear you guys take a guess at it. I won't give away the answer, but if you read the description of today's episode, you know, you'll definitely get that information. So, for my second talking point, do Quentin Tarantino films have a true historical perspective? I feel as though, you know, in some ways he does. Um, again, some of it is over the top, but I feel like it can be perceived in two ways off of some of his movies. So on one hand, you have, again, you know, from my bleaks out there, you know, within the black community, you have Django Unchained. Slavery, which is a very, very tough subject for us to discuss. But I feel as though within that movie, he, again, showed such a visceral perception of slavery, you know, for the South with, you know, Jamie Foxx's character, Django himself, you know, being a free man and still being disrespected and not treated as human. And then seeing the, you know, uh, the beatings and the whippings of slaves and everything else like that. Uh, granted, this is in slave books. This is in history books. You know, so on that light, I definitely understand, like, that historical perception of his films. You know, and 
I respect that. Um, one thing I will give him credit on as far as his cinematography is that, you know, he does pay homage again to either the black exploitation films or even some of the old school Asian style films. And one I'll, you know, give you know him credit on, even though it wasn't my favorite, was Kill Bill. I feel as though he paid some form of homage of like the 1960s like Kung Fu movies. You know, with like the Bruce Lee and kind of like a little bit of the aesthetic of like a Godzilla in some ways, um, being that that was the time frame where we didn't have the CGI of today. So I definitely can, you know, be like, oh, OK, all right, cool. I definitely see where you're coming from on that, because I do. I, you know, I can appreciate those films. I don't know for the other bleaks out there. You know, I definitely like to hear, you know, your opinion on it. But. You know, for me, I feel like he does have like some true historical perspective. You know, another film that he did that I think quite well was The Hateful Eight. You know, that was an outstanding film. It definitely gave me a mystery vibe. If you haven't seen it, I definitely and highly recommend it to all my bleaks out there who, you know, appreciate, you know, type, you know, his type of art or those type of films. Um, or if you like Westerns, The Hateful Eight is like, pretty up there for a modern day, you know, <laughs> Western movie. And I'm not even big into Westerns, I'll be honest. But that one I can honestly respect. And one of the things about, you know, what I appreciate with him, what he does with his films is that he will showcase a little bit of true history in his films, you know, where it doesn't seem so far-fetched, where it's like, oh, okay, like, you know, this didn't happen or whatever. It's like he uses like, you know, actual political figures like he used Abe Lincoln, you know, in The Hateful Eight were, you know, and spoiler alert for my audience, for my bleaks out there who haven't seen The Hateful Eight. You know, there's a particular letter that Samuel L. Jackson's character, you know, he keeps on him. So this way he doesn't get abused, you know, by like, you know, white slavers or white people who want to enslave him where he has his freedom. There's a catch with that letter, so that part I'm not going to spoil for you. So that you will have to check out in the movie yourself. But I really feel as though, uh, you know, it was really interesting how he would use that to his advantage throughout that movie. And, you know, it talks about, like, the Gettysburg Address and, like, you know, the 13 colonies and then, like, you know, the Civil War and, you know, you know, the Confederate soldiers and it has this type of tension in this one scene that was like pretty, pretty out there. But I feel like it only happens in a Tarantino film, you know, where it's like, like, yo, they really took it there, you know. And that's my thing where I'm like, yo, like, I don't know if I was ever going to see this in anybody else's like type of film as far as a director. And again, you know, this is still based off of history that actually happened. But this man was able to put it together where it was actually believable in most cases, you know. So I'm, I'm, you know, uh, it's kind of, I, I have love for some of his movies, but again, I think it might be extremely subjective for us as the bleaks because it's like, you know, I'm like, dang, he actually made something that was so out there that it's like, yeah, I can vibe with, but then I don't know how I'm going to actually feel about that low key. But when I talk to other bleaks about it, you know, some of y'all might remember Samuel L. Jackson's character, Stephen, the house slave or the house nigga, you know, as some people refer to him as. To me, he was like the closest thing to an Uncle Ruckus that we had out here. 
And his depiction, it really pissed me off. But at the same time, that actually happened throughout history. You know, there was like the house Negro slave and then the field slave. And then there was that whole inferiority, inferiority complex that, you know, slave masters would induce on their slaves to hate each other and to keep them, you know, separated. You know, there is that book out there, The Makings of a Slave uh, from Willie Lynch, you know, and these are like real memoirs of this man actually teaching slave owners how to mistreat slaves and everything else and blacks throughout history. And I feel like with Django Unchained and a little bit of The Hateful Eight, you know, Quentin Tarantino put that in there where, again, it could be extremely tough to watch. And I definitely get it, you know, but the man put something in there, a part of history where I feel as though for us as bleaks, we need to be reminded of like, hey, this did happen because, you know, they want to remove this from textbooks. And, I'm, you know, I just want to put it out there that, you know, I'm not condoning it because slavery is wrong for anybody, you know, any group of people. But at the same time, you know, for us, I feel like his art does portray true history in some ways that we cannot forget, you know. And so that's just how I feel about it. Um, so I'm just going to leave it at that for the second talking point. But I do have a trivia question for y'all for this one. What was the last Tarantino film that he directed that Tarantino did? If you guys could go ahead and answer that, again, you can go ahead and reach me at a tribe called bleak at gmail.com for these answers. And you can see the answer is actually, you know, portrayed on the description. But if you want to answer it and send it to me, I greatly appreciate that too. If you want to go ahead and participate. All right. So for my third talking point, and this is for you guys as well. Do you think Quentin Tarantino films will reach cancel culture conversation. <sighs> Man, this is this is a little this is a little sensitive on this one. Um, I'm surprised it hasn't already because the shit he was doing, I feel as though would invoke those conversations. But at the same time, it's it's all a matter of subjection and entertainment. So I don't know if it's going to be to the point where, because he said he stopped making movies. So maybe he kind of like pushed back and was like, hey, look, the way things are going, I might want to kind of, you know, fall back from that. But um, if he does actually decide, hey, I'm coming out of retirement, I'm going to write something else and, you know, direct something. It's really hard to say. I think he definitely does push that envelope. Um for cancel culture conversations. And at the same time, too, I do feel as though there's no denying it off of his success of his films. He is a directing icon, you know, and a little bit of a culture vulture. You can sprinkle that up on there because this dude has like, you know, profited off of, you know, history and things that were fucked up that happened to, you know, certain groups of people. You know, but he portrayed it in a sense where at least, you know, that group of people rose up on top. Because another movie that he did, some of you guys might enjoy, was Inglorious Bastards. You know, um, you know, killing Nazis and everything else, World War Two. And, you know, it was like Brad Pitt. You know, I believe he was like a captain or a lieutenant, you know, of this platoon. And one of the guys 
uh, I think his name was like the Jew Bear, and he would like beat the shit out of guys with like a baseball bat and Nazis and bust them upside the head, you know? And so um, I do like how he, you know, again, he uses actual history, but then knows how to like twist it and turn it into like a way where you can enjoy it in his films. Now, I feel like on one end, what saves him from having cancel culture conversation or status is because he writes a movie and directs it in a sense where, you know, it has a happy ending because, you know, Django Unchained, for example, you know, he killed all the white people. He got free. He got his girl, you know, and he kept the pushing and glorious bastards. You know, they took out all the Nazis. So in that respect and in that regard, I feel like that definitely shields him from that. But, you know, throughout the movie, it, it could be sensitive where he can, like, you know, really push people and rub them the wrong way. It was like, hey, look, I'm going to throw the word nigga like 20, 30 damn times. And I'm going to have this dude piss you off to the point where you might walk out of the movie. You might not support it. You might not like it. You might love it, whichever. But I'm going to be me. I'm going to do me. And I'm going to make this happen. You know, so I um, I feel like with him, he can really he, he, he's really good at like, you know, stretching things out, you know. Um, so for my next trivia question. How many Quentin Tarantino films has Samuel L. Jackson Jackson been in? Um, again, on the description for the episode, the answers are there. But if you want to participate, you can just go ahead and email the podcast. I would like to see your answers. If you haven't looked, no cheating. But um, yeah. All right. So the fourth talking point. Favorite movie project of his. And I would definitely like to hear back from y'all as far as this one. Because, you know, everybody has their opinion and it's always subjective of what movies they do enjoy and what ones they don't. But I have three that I've really enjoyed from him. Actually, you know what? Let me let me scratch it. Let me make that four. Um, and I'll explain why. Uh, the Hateful Eight, you know, which I discussed earlier. You know, I thought that was a very, very good depiction of a Western. And had a very, very uh, good mystery vibe throughout that whole movie you know Django Unchained it was nice to see you know a black slave get free and then find his wife but then it also showed the true nature of American history throughout slavery um, which was very visceral but you know I was happy to see him like rise on top Uh, once upon a time in Hollywood I enjoyed, I know it wasn't everyone's favorite. And again, he did use a piece of history as far as like the Sharon Tate murder. But um, I just appreciated that how he gave you that whole really retro 60s, you know, era of time of Hollywood. And I thought that was just really cool how he did that. And, you know, my final favorite one of his is Death Proof. I really enjoyed how he, you know, paid homage to those old 60s and 70s car chase films um you know like uh let me see it was like one that he the uh let me see here i think it was dirty harry and sally or something like that i mean i gotta bear with me i gotta look this up uh let me see 
Yeah, okay, I got it. I got it. If y'all know which one I'm talking about, then, you know, go ahead and email me and let me know. But uh, Dirty Harry, Dirty Larry and Crazy Sally, excuse me. Yeah, and uh, I think it was like another one was like, um, like Bullet. Yeah, that one. Uh, I think Vanishing Point was another. And even though I didn't grow up on those movies, I love a good car chase scene and I love muscle cars. So that's just one thing that I can honestly say that I really, really enjoyed about, you know, what he did in those movies um, is that he gave you that very, very retro vibe and feel of that era of time that you just cannot get from films today. I feel like when you see like movies that try to showcase like the 60s and 70s, you know, with the, you know, with the cameras and technology we have today, it makes it clear, but it doesn't give it that very vinyl, gritty look where it makes you feel like you're actually in that era. And that's one thing I can respect about Tarantino is that I think he's one of the very few directors who has an eye for detail to really focus in on that point to give you that vibe and era of that time. You know, so it's it's one of those things where it just it just really depends. And again, I think a lot of people loved Kill Bill. Um, it wasn't like one of my favorites, but hey, it was, you know, it was decent. And then you have from like Dust Till Dawn. I think that was like a pretty cool movie. Uh, kind of quirky, but the whole horror aspect. But one thing I'll give the man credit to is that, you know, he stands and he, you know, he'll act in his own movies. You know, very few directors are comfortable doing that. And I like how he does do that throughout his movies. You know, so, but, but yeah. But um, as far as the final thoughts, my final thoughts, um, I think Tarantino, in my opinion, he's he's 50-50. I feel like he is a you know directing icon for sure, but he's definitely a culture vulture in that regards. I don't think he means to be it in that way um, purposely. I think like to have some authentic films, y'all can disagree with me on this, to have some of that authenticity. Um, he does do that. I mean, there's plenty of other people who are like culture vultures. We can't deny that. Um, but, you know, I will give the man credit for his work where I'm like, hey, you know, I actually, you know, fuck with that film. I'm like, hey, bro, that was that was all right. You know, so again, it's definitely a controversial you know, topic. This was a short episode, but I definitely like to get your opinion and your feedback and uh yeah and so i just want to go into a few little things that are coming ahead so for episode three ralph and i are going to discuss what made the marvel's blade franchise so incredible so definitely just you know be on the lookout for that you know because we're definitely going to put that out there for you guys we appreciate the support you guys always rocking with us again we're working on the quality of the audio we will get there i promise i appreciate the support and, you know, if ever you want to just dis- discuss topics, again, you can, you know, email us at a tribe called bleak at gmail.com. And we also have Cash App. We're accepting donations. Um, you know, any contribution to the podcast is greatly appreciated. You know, dollar sign a tribe called bleak. And then you can send us whatever donation that you like. And then we'd like to give you guys a shout out, you know, where you're from, what you like about the podcast and, you know, put you on here. So. 
Again, I appreciate all the support, guys. More content is coming. And, you know, just always rocking with us and we'll be rocking with y'all. Be safe out there, bleakers.